Hey guys, this is Bill Manning and Stephen Wallace with Studio C41. We just wanted to reach out to you guys and let you know, hey, hit that subscribe button, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, all those outlets. On the uh, YouTubes. So it helps us out and, uh, you know, spread the word. Uh, yeah, rate us on iTunes, subscribe on there, you know, uh, share it with your friends, your enemies, whoever you want. And go out and shoot some film. Dang it. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Hey everybody, this is Studio C41, and this is Bill Manning, and this is episode 18. Uh, We're we're still counting these? I guess. I mean, the, technically, this yeah. is our first full normal episode of the year. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, we've we the the last three have been interviews. We we kicked off the year with Kodak. We kicked uh, after Kodak. It was uh, Rob Ham, and right. then right after that, it was Sinistel. Uh, Sinistel. Right. Oh wow. Okay. So. Yeah. This is our first full real episode. I might need a refresher on like, uh, or just to uh, be able to uh, work out some of the kinks and sitting here and just being able to banter for like an hour. I know, man. So, it, it, but the last few episodes have been a lot of fun. Um, uh, we do have technically another interview. Uh, this is going to be uh, our f- official uh, introduction of John Schaefer. So official, he's official now. Hey, yes, John. Hey, John. How's so it going, man? I'm doing great, man. I really am. I really am. <laughs> so, so John was all in at the table before this. So now we're finally getting him above board. I guess so. I'm on the end of the table. We need you a bigger, are at the end of the table. Bigger table. He showed up enough. I guess we just go ahead and just... yeah, that's fine. I'm like honestly, don't. I, I didn't really know the guy. He was just here when he brought his own microphone, and so we just you know said all right. Yeah. He was just hanging out the back doors. He's like, like you, you got, got a camera. You, you got a good voice for radio. Yeah, Let's do this. Yeah, you get in here. <laughs> All right, so, so the banter's coming back. I think we're going to be fine. Yeah, we're, we're going to be good. Yeah, yeah, we're going to so, be all right. So, uh, so Stephen, how's it going, man? Um, it's going well. Jeez, uh, it's been a little bit of a blur, um, just life in general. We were talking yeah. before we started recording. Like the, uh, I haven't actually gone out and like shot really anything in over a month, which is, uh, which is a little crazy. But, uh, you know, just been working, you know, finishing up work for clients and uh, – Getting ready, got a wedding coming up on Friday here this week. But uh, yeah, it's uh, Nashville was the last time I shot anything, just right after imaging. Yeah, that's pretty much same here with me. I just this this show has taken off. I mean, uh, ever since Kodak and Cine still, our numbers have grown through the roof. Um, first of all, so uh, thank you guys for yeah. uh, listening to this and sharing the word, uh, spreading the word. Um, honestly, this show, it cannot happen without you guys. So I just, I just want to go ahead and just put that out there. Um, and thank you. Uh, you guys really, you know, all the great messages that I receive uh, saying, keep it up and, you know, love the show. Uh, honestly, it, it helps me out when I'm getting stuck in a rut. Cause there's a lot of stuff that's happening in the back end here, you know, trying to get people to come onto the show. It doesn't always work out as I want it to with some guests, you know, it, it, you know, it's tough sometimes, but when, when I get, you know, people encouraging me, it really, really helps me out. And, uh, so thank you guys. It really means a lot. And I promise you, we will, uh, uh, return it back sevenfold. So, and just keep out of the comment sections, Bill. 
But they're good comments right now. Well, they might. Well, okay, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we'll have like Kevin go in and like delete the bad comments for oh, yeah, or something that, like that. That's fine. Or just filter so you don't get caught up in like, you know, just, I don't know if you should probably just disable them on the YouTube channel because that oh, seems man. to be where the worst comments in the world come from. <laughs> yes. But I think they did a South Park episode on that. Like about a YouTube comment section? Yeah. Uh, Butters. Butters was removing all the bad comments for the celebrities. And, oh wow! And, and wow. he like turned into a troll, or he like lost his mind, or something like that. I can't remember, <laughs> but it was actually a really funny episode. I'm like, yeah, that's kind of true, you know, mm-hmm, anyway, right? So, uh, anyway, so we're going to no. get into the photo news. We got a few no. things that we're going to uh, talk about, and uh, the first one here is a bit of a small rant. Um, uh, Peter Lick. Um, yeah, everybody's just uh, this, yeah. right now going, oh, this is going to be interesting. Um, I still have no idea who he is. I'm just going to put that <laughs> flat out like cards on the table. But I, yeah, that's fine. So for the listeners, go look up Peter Lick. Um, he is a photographer that is known for uh, posting um, or, or selling prints at insanely high value. I think he prices, currently yeah. holds like a record for the most expensive print sold for like $6.5 million or something like that. Okay. Yeah. So um, he's kind of a big deal, I guess. So, or in, in some circles, I would say. Sure. Um, so the image that is of uh, topic of discussion is Moonlit Dreams. Um, it is a picture of a very large moon in the background um, and uh, with some trees and a cliff face essentially on the front. Um, F Stoppers posted like a 30 minute video on this uh, talking about how fake this image is. And they went from, you know, the dynamic range in this image is impossible. The uh, clouds are behind the moon, which is physically impossible, which is fine. Yeah, I get that. Um, and, and they just started nitpicking out of it. But I got really bent out of shape because they spent 30 minutes on this. And it's like, to me, I got this feeling like a lot of them didn't like Peter Lick. And it was just like, you just turn the comment section of a Petapixel article uh, into a video. Um, because you had all these professional photographers with all this tons of experience breaking down this image and everything. And honestly, it just sounded like somebody was crapping all over Peter Lick for 30 minutes. And then a few days later, uh, you had Jared Poland from Fro Knows Photo. And uh, all he did was send an email to the Peter Lick gallery. And uh, like he got a message back and a reply back saying, yeah, it was a composite. And sure, maybe the gallery may have not had uh, been so upfront about it if they didn't get such a negative press about it. Um, but, I mean, the way that Jared Poland did it and approached it was much better than what uh, F-Stoppers did. You know, it's like, stay classy, F-Stoppers. You know, it's just... I got really bent out of shape because it's like, who are we to crap on another person's for you know work right regardless of whether you make 6.5 million dollars off a print or 20 dollars off a print or anything like that i i i would not want anybody to you know 
sure, I'll ask for critiques and people are more than welcome to give me a critique. And especially if I'm putting my work out there, it's fair game, right? You know, but yeah, yeah, for sure. But I mean, if you're going to sit there and say, oh man, your, your work is crap and you're, you're a fraud and all that stuff, you know, that's not, yeah, I mean, cool. No, and I'm pulling up the image right now and it's a very striking picture, but I can look at this right now and see that it's a composite. The moon never appears that large in anything. Right. So what? I mean, you know, if I guess the thing that they're claiming is or they're trying to work trying to call him out on was that he makes up such a point of like all of his images being like real authentic. authentic. Yeah, fair enough. Right. Yeah. I mean, right. whatever. It's the dude's selling prints. He's selling work. People are buying it and he made a composite. The guy's hustling. Yeah. I, there's whatever. Yeah. And it's, I mean, there are plenty of photographers and artists whose work I don't like, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to go and like make a 30 minute YouTube video about it. Right. And, and there's, ah, man, I wish I had the article, uh, the, the paragraph in front of me, but in the very first paragraph of Ansel Adams is, um, the print i'm pretty sure it's the print um where he says that an image is not necessarily or what makes fine art or a picture not necessarily a capturing something in a moment in time but actually visualizing and creating something out of your own mind with an image right so that and that kind of led into dodging and burning and you know turning the sky to black with it using a red filter and all that stuff really changing the dynamics of an image because if you kind of want to play with that you know what, what what's dodging and burning you know you're manipulating right. an image yeah, at that absolutely. point right? right you know so um well, i guess the only issue that i personally would have as far as when it comes to image manipulation is in a photojournalistic sense, right? If you are manipulating an image to change the dialogue uh, to a story or something along those lines, and you don't tell the truth with that image, like let's just say uh, you're taking parts of an image out to you know, push a false narrative on something like that, I got a huge issue with that because that's not photojournalistic integrity there sure so there is it is funny though that there's that uh i can't remember i think maybe once adams did talk a little bit about it but it's been well documented in the history of photography of people actually talking about like a photograph as being a true archive of what happens or what's gone on in the world or even in photojournalism and how much of a we want to believe that a photograph can be truth, but it's also just a fabrication yeah, at the same time, too. Absolutely. Like, you go back even to, like, some of the first photojournalism. Uh, we might have talked about this before, but, like, um, Henry Fox Talbot and people during um, the Civil War. Um, people, like, one of his famous images of, like, a Confederate soldier dead on a field, he drug a rifle over to him and, like, yep. moved the body mm-hmm. a little That's bit. Right. And so there's been people doing it for... As long as photography's been around, people have right. been staging scenes to kind of tell their own narrative with it. Um, exactly. But I get what you're saying as far as like wanting it, especially, you know, tr- trying to have a credible organization, someone like Reuters or whoever that right. is like, you know, built their reputation on, oh, we're going to be presenting legitimate, like, uh, true photojournalism that isn't manipulated. Right. But, but at the same time, you know, too, just by simply composing a frame, you are telling a specific narrative you are altering altering the scene by pointing a camera at it yeah and and i think a really great example of one would be the national geographic of the pyramids of giza Mm -hmm. um where they got in a lot of trouble um where 
the image originally was a horizontal image. Mm-hmm. And the third pyramid is actually further away from the other two. Right. So what they did is uh, way before Photoshop and everything, they actually spliced that image and moved that third pyramid closer and uh, framed it in a way that right. would make it fit in that vertical orientation for the cover of the magazine and they got in a lot of trouble for that and ever since that point on they've said that they're making it a point to tell the story as accurate as possible through their imagery i mean and that's good that's that's the response of like you know the what it is to actually live in a consumer-based society that you know you can have people actually kind of voicing their I guess displeasure over something and have a company or somebody react in a positive way. Right. But um, you have somebody like, I keep cutting John off here and I'm sorry, John. Yeah. But you can tell these guys are used to being with each other. Yeah. Time. Right. <laughs> no, who's this third guy? But uh, I think I was thinking about too, about like um, Dorothea Lang, like the images she took during her, um, the great depression, mm-hmm. um, that famous image uh, of a uh, migrant mother and children. Yes. Um, you can find the contact sheet from that role of film. Mm. And that picture, it's authentic. It's that that woman and her children. They mm-hmm. were exactly who she said they were. They were, you know, migrant farmers trying to survive the Dust Bowl. But you look at the contact sheet from it. There's pictures of them being happy, smiling children, just like one frame over. Right. It's like not these people who were just like sitting like crestfallen and destitute all the time. Right. But she posed them. She put them in a moment. And that image did a lot of good as far as actually bringing attention to right. the plight of people living through that at the time. So it's just something interesting to think about. Yeah. Yeah. It reminds me of, of this. Well, it's, it's something that I think is where we can, you have to draw the line somewhere. Where do you say you draw the line? And I think that's an issue where you talked about the user pyramids of user, where you, did you remove the item or did you just like remove it or did you move it? Right. Like in that kind of right. aspect where you, it's one thing to take something and take it out where it was actually there. And then you, you actually remove it. And now, okay, now you're doing something that maybe crossing the line, but it's something where they had to align a horizontal now to a vertical aspect, right? Go from landscape to portrait to fit the story. They, they still included the parent, that third one, right? Right. But, but they didn't delete it or, and, and show an image without it. And then now you go to that, that you go to that site, you go visit there and you're like, well, wait a minute. You're right. <laughs> exactly. It? You know what I mean? That's not, I think there's <laughs> yeah. that, if you're going to draw a line and say, here's what you shouldn't right. do in those lines of, of photojournalism, or at least reporting that reportage right. thing, you know, but I'm reminded of what Ansel Adams said. He said, "There's, you know, there's two people in every picture. So it's the photographer and the viewer. Oh, yeah. absolutely, yeah. Right. And so it's really ultimately is the viewer being drawn in. It, it, you're not like really lying to the viewer, but you're drawing them in, right? right? Like if you're, like I said, deleting something that really is there, is that really cool? But you know, is what are you doing for the viewer, right? Are right. you giving it a great interpretation of what you're seeing, like he did with a as why he produced his own system. So he could have this, you know, thing he has in mind now come to life with that one image that he took. And so it's this nice exposure, but then now we can go in the dark room and produce. Wow. Right. Yeah. But it's not like a lie, right? It's no, there. Yeah. It's there. Yeah. Like but it's wow. At the, uh, right. the, when the Booth Museum had the, uh, the last, um, Ansel Adams exhibit, mm-hmm. they had a, uh, picture of that moonrise over Hernandez, yeah, New Mexico. Yeah. They showed the, uh, his original, like basically from the contact sheet, like yep. the, Contact-sheet. un on um right, altered image like right. before he did any kind of dodging burning right. or anything mm-hmm. to it and it's drastically different right it is a wildly different image so um yeah that does that does definitely speak a lot to that john as far as just like the manipulation and to it's i don't know it's it speaks something to now of the world we live in which if that pyramid thing was you know a few decades ago 
I think we've gotten even more so like this whole thing, bringing it back to this F stoppers video. Mm-hmm. Um, the people are so quick to be so hypercritical about things right. and to so jump on that, you know, like everybody calls something out. That's a false, uh, that's a false statement or a false fake image or whatever right. it may be. And like the, uh, just more of that kind of terrible mob mentality of the it internet is. of just, you know, being able to like, now no, this is going to be our social, our appropriation of social or facsimile of social justice to like, you know, right. try to hold somebody to account to something that people don't think is right or that they think, you know, is whatever it may be, but right. public shaming basically. Well, and Not, I mean, even at the same point, it's like, at what point is enough where it's like, what am I going to go have to say when I post a picture to Instagram saying, Hey, by the way, even though this was a film image, I still went in and touched out the, the blemishes on the bride, you know, or whatever, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, well, like, you know, I just really? did the contrast of this picture in Lightroom. Am I right. going to have to like post about that or whatever? Right. right. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, it's exactly. totally normal to even in a film photographer standpoint, it is still absolutely okay to manipulate your images. And then since uh, I'm just saying right now at this point within, you know, contrast, exposure and all that cropping, stuff, everything cropping, yeah, yeah. in film, that's perfectly fine. And I have no problem with with doing that. I do it. Um, Steven, you do it. I mean, oh, well, the time, it's totally yeah. normal. It's yeah. totally normal, and everybody has their reasoning for shooting film. And for anybody to say, "Oh, well, I'm shooting film because uh, I'm maintaining the absolute integrity of the image," oh, please, come on, <laughs> no, no, you're, that's that's a that's a cheap cop out, honestly. So I wanted to ask them because I, you know, I do wedding photography as well, and it's one thing I have that discussion with brides with my clients before we have a wedding and it's they have their wedding and i'm saying i say to them look you're, you're going to get this non-interference approach that i do but if there's a hair like in your face right you know and they're cool with that they're like well of course you'd yeah. move it because then you look like a bad photographer sure yeah right. there's those lines again where what are you doing for the viewer in this case even if i just eliminate client which yeah okay i'm doing something with the client but is again it's the viewer which is going to be the bride and groom and the family and all the friends and all right what am i doing for the viewer am i doing am i really i'm not lying by taking the, uh, the hair out of there right i'm creating again something great for the viewer that they know it doesn't it doesn't like you know turn me into something that i'm not right mm-hmm. it but it's expected i think is really what it is and, and you, know? you bring up a very good point because there are certain instances where i've shot for a wedding client where she's like well can you take like 20 pounds off me and mm. I personally, I'm just like, no, I'm, I can't. And, and they get yeah. bent out of shape. And I say, look, yeah. uh, here's my reasoning. And this is us having this conversation now, as opposed to you after the fact, yeah, after everything's absolutely. shot, you know, and I, I make that very clear where I don't manipulate that because at that point you are changing aspects of the, of the story. Right. I, for me, at that point, it's considered an illustration, and um, there are people that are there going, oh, come on. Really? You know, like, it's not me trying to escape not doing post-processing. I do it, you know, and, um, you know, that's just my artistic sure, decision yeah. at that point where I don't want to manipulate that. I don't want to go down that path. There are other photographers that have no problem with that. And you know what? I just simply say, if you're not okay with that, I totally understand I do know other photographers that I think you you would fit best with, and I have no problem recommending them. Sure, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's just managing and setting expectations right. to begin with, which is always good when you're dealing with a client. Yeah, so absolutely. anybody who's listening, who's shooting for anybody, 
you know, for hire or even just, you know, for, uh, for fun or experience, you know, it's always good to have that discussion before you're shooting with another person. Right. Here's my, here's my out. I can, mm -hmm. maybe you guys can copy this. Yeah, sure. But it, it, I don't know. It just came to me one time when I did it, but I had that, that same thing happen. And I said to Brian, I said that if I do that, that's not fair to you. Yep. And she oh, said, yeah, what do you yeah, mean? It's true. She's yeah. like, what do you mean? I said, well, look, I, I can't predict the future or, or what you're going to look like 20 pounds lighter, right? Or whatever it is. I forget what the number was. But I said, it's not fair to you that I can't predict that. And if I do that and you do lose 20 pounds, now how, what's the odds that my picture of you and you, the way you actually look, right? Let's say if you put the dress back on or whatever, 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 any something that's similar, similar outfit, you're going to look exactly the same. You're now we're going to have this again, this thing that's going to not be fair to you. Plus, mm -hmm. I mean, you know, things could go the other way, right? Where you could have this discussion right. all over the place. But I just said, yes, I don't think it's fair to you. Forget me. And it right. just took the whole load off. Yeah. Of me yeah. You gotta, I actually had a, a, a client that I ended up uh, booking, but I met with just a. Uh, um, right after Christmas and the bride, it was one of the first times I'd actually had a bride say something about, she was worried about like, you know, being a little self-conscious and sure. which everybody is, whether they say it or not. Mm -hmm. Um, but she did, you know, ask something about like, Oh, well, can you, you know, if I'm looking, you know, a little bit heavy in a photo, can you edit it or anything? And, and, you know, people are just, they're wanting to look their best on their, on their wedding or exactly. portraits, whatever mm -hmm. it is. And it's a very understandable concern, yeah. but you know, that's your job when you're actually talking to a client to set those expectations first, yeah. but also. I just told her and put her at ease. I was like, you know what? It's, it's a, it's a really a lot of, of post work afterwards that I would have to charge extra for. But right. to be honest, you know what? I'm, that's why you're hiring a professionals because I'm going to know the angles exactly. for Bingo. just you moving right. your, adjusting your body sure. where I'm mm -hmm. going to be positioned at. We're going to mm -hmm. do our best to make sure you're looking incredible mm -hmm. on your wedding day. Yeah. And if we're going to do it in camera, so it's going to actually be natural and it's going to be you mm -hmm. And, you know, it's it's just going to work out better and just kind of putting people at ease and being like yeah. and that comes just from trying and experience and everything too, just knowing those, you know, yeah. different poses yeah. and angles and everything that are going to be more flattering. And I think it's also important that us as photographers that we reinforce and encourage our clients to make them feel good, make oh, them feel, absolutely. At, you know, without a doubt. And, and like and I'll back up a little bit when I say that I'm not making that artistic decision, I do go and say, OK, well. We can change angles. I can make you look thinner and everything without, you know, changing um, uh, post-processing and all that stuff. Um, but I will say you look great. You know, you you, you look fantastic. I, I Honestly, I wouldn't change a thing, you know, and I, that that's that's my honest opinion. And I think, you know, I, I'm. I, I'm overweight, but I, you know, but I'm okay with that. I mm -hmm. mean, yeah, I've had people, you know, uh, say, no, you're eating a little too much Chick-fil-A there, buddy. You know, but you know what? That's fine. You you can, you can fat shame me, whatever it does. I, I, it doesn't bother me, but I mean, I'm happy. I'm comfortable with who I am. And I try to, uh, you know, the clients that I work with, I want them to feel empowered with the images that I take. Sure. Them. Yeah, so. man, absolutely. I think everybody, no matter how, Whatever size their body shape is, yeah. if they're a, you know, just a wedding client or a professional model or whoever it may be, everybody's got that same, sure. that same little voice just telling them that, you know, that they're unattractive and that right. kind of nagging doubt. And they want to just be able to be, feel good about who they are and, and have images capture that. And right. yeah, that does come from just putting people at ease. And, and that's that kind of, you know, joke about, uh, or just the idea that a wedding photographer has like 10 different jobs at a time, right. about, you know, mm -hmm. your, 
your your therapist, uh, beauty consultant, no. you know, uh, event coordinator, everything yeah. going on at the same time. So it's way so much more than just pressing the button on the shutter. Yes, it's very true. Yeah. So, um, now we're going to move into something where it's a little bit more too difficult to manipulate, but you still could. That's instant film. Oh, yeah. I would be remiss, too, before we get off topic because we were already talking about Ansel Adams. Um, oh, we're yeah. recording this on the uh, the 21st. Yesterday, February 20th, was Thank his you. 116th birthday. So, yeah, that's yes. right. So, happy happy birthday, Ansel. Um, thank you. Are. Thank yeah. you for everything. Yeah. I um, hope you're listening to the podcast yeah. and you're enjoying it. I'm sure he is. <laughs> exactly. Hey, we're quoting him, man. He'd approve of this. Yeah. So, you know, I will just say again, yeah. for anybody who ever hasn't, go get his autobiography. It's an amazing yeah. Yeah. book. Yeah. I have the DVD. I have not watched it yet. Jessica got it for me for Christmas on um, the PBS one. That, oh, nice. Uh, yeah, that's a Kevin really good one. About. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I got it. I have not had a chance to watch it yet. So, but um, I need to go. I should go finish the book I'm reading now and pick up his autobiography <laughs> again because it's just it's such a good read. Yeah. Mm. So, but anyway, yeah. you, you were going on to more news about you know current things going on in the photography and the film photography world. So. Yes. Yes, I think you were kind of hinting something about uh, could it be instant instant film photography, Bill? Yeah, I think mm. so. Okay, all right. Um, so I posted this on uh, the Studio C41 news section. So if you guys are not familiar with that, we are posting some articles out there uh, on the website. On the internet. On the internet, mm. so it's fact, right? Yeah. <laughs> is no. there is there a comment section <laughs> uh there is but nobody's commenting on it so oh, if you guys right. do want to comment oh, you then go. you're more than welcome to Bill will read them i will um so um mint uh gary ho um he is um the owner of this company um he first made huge headlines when he uh announced the uh, tl70 which is the uh instant uh, twin reflex instant camera. Oh yeah, Mint does some fantastic stuff. And yeah. they also have the um SX seventies that they yes. yep. they actually um they refurbish, rebuild, and then put in the thing they call their uh, their time machine, which yep. lets you have full manual exposure control mm-hmm. over an SX seventy, which is yeah. just uh, awesome. That's yeah. they're gorgeous. They wow. the images they produce look fantastic. I mean so and uh they are worth every penny i think but yeah. you know i just can't justify buying one at the moment <laughs> i'd love it if everyone if anybody has like a mint you know oh, uh slrs or something that they want to give to me i would gladly take it <laughs> but uh yeah they're beautiful cameras i personally have never shot one um but in the brief conversations that I've had with Gary when he announced uh, this new camera, which is the RF 70, uh, which is the, according to him, the first Instax wide camera that is fully manual, uh, which Instax wide uh, on the size of the actual uh, uh, instant film, it is falls into the large format category. Now, when I posted this article, I did get a little flack as far as, (laughs) Is it the first quote unquote uh, large format yeah, instant? You were film? using Mint's terminology for it. They were called, yeah. that's what they were calling yeah, it. Yeah, sure. Maybe it's good marketing, but I mean, in a sense, if you think, look at it, instant film is, I mean, your selections are pretty limited and you can't really use Instax in the name of your product. So sure, I think okay. that's, I think that is the, the issue with this is that. So yeah, that it's, it's not like, because there's been cameras that have used the manual peel apart cameras. Exactly. And, but 
you know, I guess they could have said um, that it's the first integral large format instant film camera yeah. because that's you know everything else has been peel apart to this right point. so i mean yes there there is fb 100c but fuji has stopped making it polaroid has already said we're not even pursuing it now um so honestly this is really the only option that you have and honestly if you're complaining about it just come on seriously i mean <laughs> like we have people that are making cameras and and introducing new cameras, new ideas to the film community, and I yeah. welcome that. Uh, as silly as it may, oh, absolutely, it may yeah. seem uh, the idea. It's an idea. Yeah, people are coming up with there it. There are. It's what we've talked about. We've been talked about a few times for sure. And even when we had a uh, Bellamy Japan camera hunter on, the idea about yeah. needing new cameras to come to market. Yeah. Um. Right. So it's that yep. same vein of like the premium compact he's got in the works, and you know things like even the ham camera. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, company and uh, or the um, uh, the uh, the reflex, you know, right. these, yeah, these exactly. new film right. cameras that are now still coming into market. So it's we've seen new films coming in 2017, and there's more coming this year, and then now there are more film cameras coming. And um, yeah. yeah, it is interesting. There has never been a really good Instax wide camera. I feel like people have started doing things like Lomography has their um, back for their Bel Air camera. Which right. people are modifying to work on um, cameras like the uh, Mamiya Universal Press, or which is also the Polaroid 600 SE, um, and certain cameras like that. Um, Rev- Resvolt was a uh, Resvo. Resvo. Yeah, Res. I still can't figure out. Yeah, I still can't figure out. And half of their stuff is is their press releases are usually in um, in Mandarin, so it's kind of hard to find out exactly what's going on. Yeah, but um, their stuff is still kind of you know dubious and kind of out there a little bit but mints produced some really kind of tried and true stuff i feel like so far yeah and And, oh no i was just gonna say like the all of the fuji instax wide cameras there's not been anything that's been really phenomenal no like the best one that they've ever made for it was never released in north america and Mm -hmm. that goes for i want to say it was the 200 was the model number of it right um and even that's not manual like none of the cameras, the Lomography instant wide, none of it has been anything that has had manual exposure. Right. So, I, yeah. you know, it's it's a great idea. And um, Gary is doing things a little bit differently. Uh, he's not doing a Kickstarter with this. Uh, he's actually uh, he, he has a pastime where he makes watches and uh, he decided to help fund this uh, project um, is that you buy one of his watches and all the proceeds from that watch purchase go into the research and development and, and the production of making these cameras. And then if you are a buyer of the watch, you have uh, your more towards the priority of having an opportunity to purchase it and get it first, as opposed to like Kickstarter. If you're the first backer, you get a camera first. So sure. it, there's he he looks at it. He wants to value his most loyal customers first, as opposed to the first person that backed it or something along those lines. Which I, I yeah, you know, I can appreciate. They're uh, good looking watches too. Yeah. So, yeah. so I mean, some people are like, eh, you should still do a Kickstarter. You know what? It's his own money. Exactly. And um, and I think we've we've all talked about you know this podcast as far as like, do we want to do a Kickstarter or anything like that? And uh, I decided against it. I don't want to do a Patreon or anything along those lines because um, there are instances where you can get too big 
too fast, right? And there have been plenty of companies out there where they got funded and then they just don't have the resources to move quickly to to deliver new fifty five, for example. Exactly. So, yeah. yeah. So, um, so leading into that, um, Studio C forty one is going to be making uh, some merch. Um, some uh, coffee mugs. I'm saying I'm looking at a couple here Dude, on this table right yeah. now. So they're handsome. These uh, are really nice. Yeah. Handsome uh, coffee delivery devices. Yes, and uh, it holds coffee well. All right, it cool. doesn't yep. leak. Okay, that's what you want in a <laughs> mug. So we got we're two for two there. Yes, and then um, or any other kind of beverage. Maybe even you know if you want to put some cereal in that. Go ahead. We're oh, not going to stop you. Yeah, hey, there yeah, you go. That's true. Um, and then some t-shirts. So there there will be um. The merchandise site is up, but there is nothing in it at this point because uh, we still got to make the T-shirts. We are making these mugs by hand, believe it or not. Uh, Michael here at Dunwoody Photo uh, actually can do that. Um, So uh, if you guys want to sell merch or any of that kind of stuff, uh, Dunwoody Photo can uh, do that. So I'm just going to plug him a little yeah, bit. Forward, so, cause, um, you know, he's helping us out with, uh, doing these and, uh, uh, it's a pretty cool mug. Uh, for those that did not see it on my uh, Instagram story, it is a white mug. Uh, I should probably post a picture of it, uh, with the studio C41 logo on it. And on the back side of it, it says shoot some film. Dang it. Uh, which is our good old, our catchphrase. <laughs> yes. So they're honestly, they're very basic mugs. Yeah, you know? no, they're nice. I like that. They're very straightforward, simple, you yeah. know, again, you, you can, drink coffee out of it yes. which is all i really need in the mug yeah so and 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 i'm for transparency sake and everything like that these mugs uh, if when these go up if you do decide to buy one uh, i'll tell you where the money is going to it's going to uh fund bigger production uh, ideas that i have in mind like uh i I'll, you know i'm trying to set up a uh, interviews that are not here in uh, Georgia, you know, uh, requires traveling. And unfortunately, right now at this point, we aren't able to go and travel. And um, I'd like to go to places, you know, that rhyme with Schmachester, you know. And, you know. <laughs> yeah, I wonder what that is. Uh, so um, so th- those are things that, um, you know, come back to you guys. Um, and uh I, I want to make this show better for you guys. I do really want to move into a visual medium uh, where that means doing these podcasts and putting them out on YouTube. Um, I don't know why you would want to see my ugly mug, but I mean, hey, that's, you know, we are a photography I think show. We're, we're so. all hand talkers too. So people will see at least like that, you know, yeah. like whenever I'm talking, I'm always right doing something with my hands. So right. that may, may be entertaining or, yeah. um, Annoying either one. But yeah, no, there have been a number of people who even talked to me about wanting to support, you know, fund the podcast and stuff. And so good on you, Bill. This is good for uh, us to be able to like just, you know, have something for people to actually like, you know, get out of it other than just wanting to support us. But again, thank you to anybody who's ever said they want to chip in. Whether it's monetarily yeah. or just even helping, helping, sharing, yeah. you know, yeah. So if you are big into writing or any of that stuff and uh, you want to uh, submit an article uh, to us about anything about film, honestly, if it's like uh, uh, you've discovered something interesting um, that most people aren't doing out there along those lines, you've figured out some new development process or something along those lines, uh, you know, uh, please, uh, we would love to share it for you. Uh, we'll put it out there. 
and um and, and it benefits the the community i mean it's just uh adding information uh into our database and uh that is easily accessible anywhere in the world so yeah for sure um so yeah that that's just my my little uh plug and my little news update for studio c41 um but we will go ahead and close it out with this last uh news uh update which is Still developing at this yes. point. But, um, as we speak. So, you know, by the time when when is this is gonna go up on Sunday? The normal our normal it time? It is, yeah. So by the time this goes Word up and you're it. listening to it, this all speculation will be either confirmed or denied. <laughs> but so but you heard it here first. Yeah, exactly. You heard it here first that <laughs> what we think is actually going on with uh Kodak Professional, Kodak Film right now. Right. And if we're right, share it everywhere. If we're wrong, wrong, don't say anything. About it. We no, know nothing. If, if we're wrong, share it everywhere too. Go ahead and just share us, and we we'll appreciate it either way. If you, you know, I always say like, you know, share us with your friends, your enemies, your, you know, third grade teacher. If you know whoever third grade teacher. If uh, if you're still in touch with the third grade teacher, good on you. I am not. I don't no. know where Mrs. Boyle is these days, <laughs> but Boyle. I wish I wish her well. Um, but anyway, so yes, this, this past Monday, um, Kodak announced really bright and early on their um, Twitter feed. 6 a.m. Eastern time. 6 a.m. Which, you know. Good morning, yeah. I was up having some coffee. I could have had it out of a Studio C41 mug, but not at this point. Um, <laughs> but so they uh, they said, calling all film lovers, Kodak Professional has an exciting uh, announcement that we will be sharing with the world on Friday. In the meantime, we'll be tweeting clues and riddles all week to keep you on the edge of your seat. Um, and so they've been releasing, you know, a couple of hints a day. We're on a Wednesday right now, and there's already been at least, I want to say, uh, there's been four hints put out. Four clues right now. Four yeah. clues. Four clues, yeah. So, um, there's been, uh, I've got it open right here. The one of them is that film is back in the fast lane. In the fast yep. lane. That, uh, get ready to push your photography to the next level. Do you even push, um, and then it's a gif of Usain Bolt, who's considered the fastest man alive, yep. running in black and white. Yes. So yeah. fast black and white. Um, I think mm. we've all kind of made the conclusion about what that might be. But uh, as I don't know, Bill, you were uh, you were pretty quick to jump on this one. Yeah, we. Uh, I did a poll out there, and uh, I think the general consensus is uh, T-Max P3200. Uh, a little bit of history about this film. Uh, it was made, uh, first released in May of 1988 uh, and ran all the way up until, uh, I don't remember the exact month, but in 2012. Yeah, I didn't realize it came out in the 80s because that's, that's pretty... That's that's pretty early for such a fast film, right? And um, uh, it's not a native ISO thirty two hundred film. Sure, just it, like Ilford Delta thirty two hundred exactly. is like a thousand speed, thousand right? Speed. A thousand speed, and then you push process it, um, and that's where all these hints were coming from. Um, with, with push, ah, push it good, push it real good. All right, sorry, um, I had to. Sure. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> moving, moving right along. But so, yeah, so yeah, it, it does seem like Kodak um, Professional has been very active on this, replying to a lot of comments oh, on yeah. there. And, you know, they've been pretty clear about this is this is film related. It's not about ectochrome. Yes, they were quick to, to mm-hmm. yeah, they, they were, smash any hopes on that one. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, they, they were, were also quick to say that, like, it's hopes to be out in the first half of this year. Right. But it, it's, the, to be honest, it's beyond their control. Yeah. It's really been um, Eastman Kodak getting the production, everything of starting a whole new animal. It's again, it's it's not like just pushing right. start on an existing emulsion. Well, and that and that ectochrome roll is done. It's mm-hmm. it's it's 
probably already finished with its curing process at this point it's I would probably guess it's already uh, in the process of getting cut up and put into packaging and all that stuff. There's at this prob- point. people are probably shooting test rolls, but oh, yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure, for sure, yeah. right now at this point. So, but um, T Max P3200, honestly, none of us have really shot it. Um, I've seen some amazing images. Um, uh, what makes this film really exciting for a lot of people is uh, the pushability out of this. Uh, I've seen some people post images saying, I've pushed this thing to almost like 25,000 oh, yeah. ISO and have workable images. I'm like, wow, I did not know that was even possible. So, um, you know, there's some people that out there are saying, oh, well, it might be at fast speed color. You know, I don't think so, even mm-hmm. though there is a legitimate um, belief or thought for that because Fujifilm is exiting with its high speed color films. So, or at least heading in that direction. So there is a void that is being created there. Oh, sure. Yeah. So I, that's a very valid theory. I just, everything is pointing to the P, which stood for push. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's in black and white. Uh, even the first image that they put out there. Yeah. All you know, the was text is in black and white, you know, text. Exactly. So. so I just, uh, I'm, I'm 99% sure that it's P3200. But you know what? If I'm wrong... I'm perfectly okay with being 100% wrong oh, with yeah. it uh, because it's a new film that's either it's being brought back and it's being remade and uh, and it's coming back. Oh, and it's coming back soon. They've been saying in the yeah. comments and everything that this is – it sounds like it's already done. It sounds yeah. like they've got this packed up, shipped, packaged, ready to go. I mean, it's going to be going out, they said, March. March of 2018. So that's next week. Yeah. Um, And then they even replied on a tweet saying that – uh. The uh, yeah field trip out in California that it might make an appearance at that. Right. So you know they I know Tim's going to be out there. A few other guys from uh, Kodak Professional are going to be there as right. well. So I'm sure that we'll be seeing something even coming up. Obviously Friday we're going to know what this is. Right. But uh, yeah, like you said, it's, man, it's just exciting. Right. It's yeah. I, it's I, I love the way that they've done this too. Yeah, it hasn't been like the whole Ektachrome revival has been a very it's been a long process, which, you know, um, again, I'm still excited about that and I'm still happy for it to come out. And, right. you know, I'm going to shoot the crap out of it as soon as I get it. Right. But um, it's people have been a little bit salty about it. And yeah. it has just been that it's been, I think, more delayed gratification than they would have liked. Right. Um, this they just I don't know that it's been this kind of just cool guerrilla campaign. They were like, yeah. hey, we got something it's coming out. We're going to tell you at the end of this week. And then you're probably going to be able to get it a week or two after than that. Yeah. Boom. You know, just it's I love it. It's really cool. It's fun. I think so. I it's agree. they're they're a Kodak professional. Kodak Alaris is they're embracing some playfulness, man. Yeah. I, I like yeah. it. They're they're kind of being this again, kind of punk rock about the whole thing from <laughs> the uh, yeah. from the uh, the way they did the photo walk in Nashville and imaging to this yeah. just kind of like dropping on Twitter like, hey we got something for you. And it's so funny because, uh, I saw, uh, somebody tweeted me saying, Hey, do you have any inside news, man? I've been trying every which way. <laughs> They've been taunting you a little bit oh about my it gosh, too. Man, like, it's been horrible. They won't Tim, say anything to me. No, like even like, uh, Matt Stoffel, even though he's not directly related with this, knows already what's going on with it, yeah. you know? And then, uh, um, another guy, uh, Mike, um, I saw his reply to you yeah. on there. He's from, like, I know, but I can't tell you. I'm exactly. like, ah, ah, why'd you do that to me? It's <laughs> not, nice so anybody there that thinks that we have an inside scoop you are crazy we don't we're right there with you but again by the 
time you're listening to this, we'll already all know. So, um, you know, whatever it is, I'm excited. Yeah. Um, and it's just cool to see this stuff. I make sense that it's going to be this from all the clues. And also just because the T-Max production facility is already there. Yeah. It's, you know, already all of the, again, with Ektachrome, it's basically starting a whole new production process, even from the machinery to make it at a smaller scale for T-Max. It's basically just a slight variant on T-Max 400 mm-hmm. is really what it boils down to. So right. they have the ability to go ahead and essentially this is kind of pressing a button and starting it again. Hopefully. Yeah. 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 So I don't, I, uh, it'll be interesting to see. Do you think, I guess at this point we're just now guessing, I'm sure it, it, by the time that this recording comes out, we'll already know, but I'm I'm really curious. Are they going to do a release with both 35 and 120, or do you think it's just going to be just 35? You know, that's a really good question because I think it was only in 35 on the P3200 before. Okay. Um, at least when they discontinued it, that's that's the only thing I saw. I was looking stuff up for it and yeah, couldn't, couldn't find really anything. find any any examples of it, which I would love if they did a release on both. Yeah. Um, at this point, I think it's kind of silly to have film that's not 120. That's not 120 because yeah. the people who are shooting it are shooting both who are yeah. shooting it professionally or anything. The, and the markets have changed too. Yeah, at the exactly. time back then, 35 millimeter was considered consumer level consumer grade. Everybody had 35 millimeter. Yeah. Or even like for photojournalists, was all 35 millimeter. Exactly. And, right. and now it's kind of changed where there is such a huge surplus in the second market when it comes to medium format I would be hard pressed and be very surprised that if they don't do a release on uh, 120 this time that there would be some kind of plan to say we are going to come out with 120 eventually yeah, uh, for a P3200 and honestly I, I personally would go nuts this is just uh, uh, just praying really hard here Um P thirty two hundred and four by five. I you know Dude, that would be insane because there's no there's the there's the occasional four by five that you can find in eight hundred speed with uh, the Cine Steel eight hundred T from the Indiegogo, and Which, that's the only thing so I can find out there right Ilford now. Ilford doesn't make the I haven't ever looked, but they don't make the Delta thirty two hundred four by five. No, they uh, don't do. I, I, you probably can do it with the, yeah, I the mean, custom order they do stuff their, and everything. Their but, special order once a year. Yeah, I mean, I've personally never seen it. If it, if there was one, I would have been all over it. But um, that's so interesting. You never think about hmm. people needing fast film in four by five. Just because, I mean, you're not right. hand holding most of the time. Your subject's going right. to be stationary, but so well, just, if you got to stop down, you'd be nice to have that extra light, you know. So you're not doing those three second exposures. You can do it at you know a manageable speed at that point. And I mean, at, at, on a sheet film, you know, four by five, that's going to be a lot tighter grain than exactly. it would be even on medium format. Exactly. Right. Interesting. So, so yeah, hey, yeah. you know the. The sky's the limit right now in all of our dreams and hopes. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I would say if it is the P3200, um, again, we'll know. And you'll know already. You'll be yeah. one up on us listeners. But uh, <laughs> there's definitely some, it's not, it looks different than Ilford Delta 3200, right. which is really nice to just see that there is, it's not just they're just trying to expand and like um, get eat into the Delta 3200 sales. Right. It's a different look of a film. From everything I've seen on it, it's mm-hmm. got a little bit more contrast than yeah. the Delta 3200 does, which tends to be more of a flatter film. Mm-hmm. And so it also just depends how you develop it, too. So I'm, I don't know. I'll let to say uh, it's a new film. I want it. 
Yeah. I want to shoot it. Thank you, Kodak, for doing it. And yes. uh, yeah. Can't wait for Friday. Exactly right. I'm going to get up. It will be like Christmas morning for me. I'm going to get up super <laughs> early as a kid and go, where is it? Refresh, is it? refresh, refresh. That's a Yeah, I'll be, I'll be watching that. As, I'll be refreshing that as I'm watching some Olympic hockey in the morning. So it'll be, it'll be good. Sweet. All right. So we're going to be changing up gears here. We are now since uh, John... You are I'm still officially here. on the show, man. Hey, John. Uh, didn't sorry. fall asleep or anything. Yeah. <laughs> Me I too, we, man. We, we yeah. get going. I'm You're sorry. You're your own it's, Olympic category, by the way. It's, it's, <laughs> I'm sitting here watching. I'm looking, oh, man. It's looking it's, silver right now, a, man. It's it's a... Uh, yeah. I don't really know. But it's here. <laughs> hey, you know. It's America uh, versus Canada. Whatever guess, it is. is it, I don't know if you know, guys it, know. Stephen's Canadian. I right? am. Former Canadian. And, and you know they so come sorry. up with those interesting sports like with the brooms. I mean, that's I, actually I, curling is a Scottish. Curling is oh, Scottish. Yeah, all of the oh, wow. which. Uh, okay, so just a quick, quick aside here. Settle this matter, right? Once and for all. All of the stones for curling still are mined from the one specific island in Scotland. All of the curling stones no have to come from that one wow. island. So they're all made out of the exact same kind of granite. That's cool. But um, there is go find a curling club in your area because it looks so freaking cool. There's actually in Marietta here just outside of Alina, there's oh, cool. Peachtree Curling Club. I have some friends who've gone to it. They teach classes. They do demonstrations. So I am definitely going to do that because that is... Um, I'm not a very athletically gifted man, but um, <laughs> I see. Okay, but it's it does actually take a lot of uh, um, this take a lot it's of athleticism. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah sure, sure, yeah, 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 without a doubt. But it's also kind of like chess on ice. It really yeah. is it's very, very strategic. Yeah. Um, so I am very excited to try that. I tried to play hockey as a kid. I really did. Somewhere in my parents' house, there's a bag full of hockey pads <laughs> that I need to find and sell. Um, <laughs> but I could, I couldn't stop. Like you know, there's uh, yeah. there's just like uh, that. I missed something from the uh, the translation of maybe it's, you know, my dad's American. So that part of my uh, DNA, DNA yeah, kind of yeah. took over and kept me from being able to do it. <laughs> That's funny. But uh, nonetheless, I love the crap out of the Olympics, man. So the Winter Olympics are the only really the only time every four years I pay a whole lot of attention to sports. So. Yeah. Anyway, so we're here to talk about yeah. John. <laughs> talking about John. <laughs> we're not Sorry, talking about I got on the Olympics. I could talk about the Olympics <laughs> for a minute. But, up, which by the time you listen to this, they'll be almost over, too. Yeah. So yes. closing ceremony. <laughs> Exactly. So, all right. So, um, John, uh, you've been on a few episodes already, um, and uh, we're absolutely delighted that you're able to join us on a regular scheduled basis, sir. Oh, it's an honor. It's an honor. Um, so, John, you uh, don't necessarily fit our demographic. <laughs> are you saying I'm a, are you referring to uh, looks, height? What so, are you referring to? Well, John, I was age. kind of alluding to before that you uh, you have a little bit of more. Uh, you're a little more seasoned than ah, there we go. Wiser, much wiser. Yeah. Yes. So you know, we've talked we talked before, kind of off air, in a little bit that you know our audience you, is very smart. They know exactly what you're talking about. They're very smart. Very. Smart. You know, John's John's more mature. Obviously, he's I'm not more been. Mature. You know, Here we go. Yeah, okay. he's he's he's, he's an he's, old man. He's able to restrain himself. Um, you know. Hold back a little bit from the stupid banter that Bill and I get going on, <laughs> yeah, and actually just you know he's probably sitting there. Going, why on earth are you saying that? Yeah, exactly. You know, like, why yeah. am I still here? You know, um, but <laughs> I just had my birthday, Groundhog Day, right? Hey, and, and, all right. Yeah, Happy and, birthday, Jim! In total denial, turned fifty six. Did like, you see your shadow? That's not, in, of course. Yeah, of course, <laughs> I always see my shadow over here. That, that punk's a twenty guy. Forget it. Uh, <laughs> Uh, you want to hear the real deal? You just come call me. Okay. Yeah, I go right back inside. All right. So, 
Especially when you got three teenagers. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't blame you. Jeez. Uh, I think I'm trying to find something else to do, like photography. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, but uh, yeah, total denial. And and I'm a twenty something at heart. I just you know I love it. I love it. You're only as around. old as you feel, man. So you yeah. Young but yeah. but John, you're you know. So either way, you're you're a little bit older than we are. Um, a little and bit. A little bit. And you've been at this a little longer than we both have. And you know, we've talked before about how you kind of you know you said that you're you know do you do photography full time? You mm-hmm. know you. Yeah. Uh, but you've kind of definitely you've seen the transition of coming up, starting with film, shooting, going away from film entirely to digital. And now I feel like you're kind of in a lot of ways breaking the, you know, kind of breaking the norm of what we've seen of somebody who's a little bit older coming mm-hmm. back to film. Yes. Because we've talked a lot about mm-hmm. there's kind of a certain age break where people who, you know, had film, nothing but film for their whole lives got a digital camera and then decided they would never, ever go back to film again. Right. So talk about, uh, if you want, man, I'd, I'd love to hear kind of your journey, um, from where you, you started shooting to, you know, what you're doing now and how, how you got back into it and anything else you want to like pepper in there. And I promise yeah. I will stop talking for a little while. So we'll see how that yeah. works. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. I actually start, I grew up in film and, and really the, one of the reasons why I'm kind of back into it is, is with the death of my father two years ago. And, and he was someone that I, I, in college, he ended up going with ROTC. And so when he graduated, you know, obligations to, to now go into the army. So he put in for Germany, went to Germany. I met my mother there, not in short order, and bought a Kodak Retina, where it was called, camera at the time, which is still around. I'm, we're trying to one. dig for it. Yeah, it's beautiful. That brown leather case that it came with and just a, just a beautiful shot mm-hmm. of Kurzlock lens. It came with a 50 millimeter. And so I grew up with that camera because my dad wouldn't let us even touch it. But that was the family <laughs> heirloom. That was the family camera. And he shot Ectochrome with that. He shot, uh, he loved slides. And so he was always shooting, you know, transparencies with that. And so... But he took, you know, there were so many um, slides that I'm, I'm actually trying to get them so I can make copies of those or actually scan them uh, for posterity. But it's, uh, you know, they honeymooned all through, you know, since he married in Germany, they honeymooned through Switzerland, Austria, and Italy and all that. So there's always, always it's just who knows how many, probably thousands of slides of them at that you know, particular time. So, uh, the, you know, we grew up with having these nights where we'd have the slide projector on and it was Kodak mm-hmm. Carousel, That's of course. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Actually, it wasn't the original Kodak Carousel. It was actually original. He got the Carousel when it came out in the 70s. And uh, it, it actually had it at work. It was something that they used at work. So he could borrow it from his you know company and take it home. And so we'd load those things up. But he had this original slide projector that was this little square blue thing. I don't even know what the brand was. And you'd have to slide this thing in and out and go a, a slide at a time. And it would jam. And our memories oh, are of yeah. my dad cursing and swearing at this thing. This is like something out of Toy Story, uh, something out of Christmas Story, you know. Dead gummit, you're nice. wrecking, 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 wrecking. This, this tapestry of obscenity. But he's trying to, you know, get these slides and, and do the slideshow. But so when the carousel showed up, that was like, wow, you know, just, just like Mad yeah. Men, you right? Just this whole, you can put a whole roll right? of film right just there. Just a whole roll. Wow. So, but our memories were of, and, you know, you put the, you know, we, I'd help set up the, if everyone was old enough, he'd help me. He'd allow, he'd allow me to now finally set up the, the projector, you know, the whole projector thing and set up the screen and all. And we'd sit around and throw, get the popcorn out and just watch and just sit there and go from slide to slide and, and watch these images of them and, and, and honeymooning and, and then just all the things they did together for the, I guess the two or three years he was still over there in, in, mm-hmm. in, in Germany. And so, uh, and so we grew up with those and I'm telling you, I can close my eyes and I can still, I always sat near the projector. I could smell the bulb and the fan, the hot, you know, that smell coming oh, off the yeah. projector. Oh yeah, kind of burning some dust a little yeah, bit. Maybe yeah, maybe a little bit of film burning in there, but just a nice smell of hot transparency or whatever it is, you know. 
and and that was all part of the experience. It was an incredible analog experience that I had. That's so and that cool. That stuck with me. Yeah. Yeah. And so you know, here I am wanting to you know have his camera. You know. And, um, and so, uh, it's, it's been left to me, but I have to actually, you know, it's kind of lost in all of his stuff. That's a story I won't get into, but as when he died, it was like broken heart. And so there's a lot of, mm-hmm. he kind of left things. He left the house and went to my sister in Boston. And so they had to go down there and get all this stuff out of the house. And so they're just trying to dig through so much of the stuff that was left in this house. Right. And so, cause my mother died uh, in 2014, he died 2016. So, so now there's this, so there's this memory, right. And mm-hmm. growing up with all of that, just you know, growing up with the with the slideshow experience was it was such an like I said such an analog thing for me that digital could never fulfill. And the last film I had film all through that, and and the last film uh, I actually literally shot the last rolls of film I shot were on my honeymoon in St. Lucia in 1998, and then uh, digital was just out at that point. In fact, I was working at, at Bell Labs and AT and T, and they had a, a a Sony Mavica. It was a digital camera that had a floppy drive oh i remember, uh, I, remember I remember the mass one yeah, yeah. it was digital in theory right <laughs> right it had a 640 by don't even talk about megapixel it was not i don't even know it was a kilopixel did those it even was, have a screen did, on them it didn't have a screen on it right oh, so you had to load it in with the floppy that's that three inch three and a half inch floppy whatever it is and load it into your computer then view your images right i have some of those images right because i had borrowed that at work do they hear that now? Yeah, sorry guys, I borrowed it. You just didn't know. <laughs> but you know, it actually made its way around our department because that was the first digital anybody had ever seen. Yeah. You know. And this was that had to be around that time because it had to be because there was a reason why I all of a sudden just stopped film because I was so enamored by this digital thing. Now, that was 1998 too. The internet was still new. You could you could really put stuff up and, and have like people go crazy, you know, because whoever's online. And so, uh, and so that was, that was really where it was kind of started, but it wasn't something I owned because it really wasn't anything available. And in fact, I, I think it was until 2000 that finally maybe Canon had the D30. There was something you'd actually use, you know, that was a, an SLR of some sort. I had point and shoots, yeah. right? Those, those yeah. were, and I took a lot of images with those. So my first uh, child was born in 2000 and I took digital images with those and, and I was, you know, I was, was interested in looking and trying to find, uh, I mean, I spent a lot of money on digitals in those days. You could spend a thousand bucks on a point and shoot. Oh yeah. Right? I remember, With a nice lens on yeah. it. I remember when I was working at Wolf in 2004, the biggest deal in photography was the Canon brought out the digital rebel, which a kit was right at a thousand dollars. So holy moly. Yeah. yeah. That was then. Now you have to you know, get inflation, right? The price is a little, that was expensive. That was a lot of, a lot of yeah. cash. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. For sure. So, um. Yeah, so that was this thing about, you know, just being in the in the digital realm. And that was again being at the beginning of that. I mean, I remember seeing, you know, the the early releases of these these uh canons that were well, these these partnerships with Kodak, right? And Kodak over the DCS series of, of digitals, as you know, and 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 these these funny looking hybrids of like a film camera with this big digital bottom, you know, and it's this massive camera. And that was the first <laughs> no, real like scuzzy, professional digital, right? Scuzzy connection, oh, yeah, yeah, scuzzy connection. Yeah, yeah. Or they had this massive memory card. I think it was called. Uh, it's a, I forget PCMCIA card or something. something oh yeah, huge, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. like a megabyte or something, yep. you know. <laughs> and then that's what the pro shot with. And then you had smart media cards, which was way before oh, anything I, we had. I now. remember some. Smart, smart media, media cards. Right? I remember having to try to Dig print for smart media cards. Yeah, That's awesome. Yeah, I feel like grandfather. You know, I hope there's not. <laughs> I hope there aren't like a hundred oh. all young people listening. But that's cool. Oh, that's but just some it, of the older guys. Are, yeah, I hear you. This is now taking me down the in like the span of less than twenty years. In ninety eight, like all of the media formats of digital that are um, obsolete. Yeah, you can't even get them. 
Yeah, yeah they that's were just, just so. Anyway, sorry, yeah, that's yeah. just really really interesting. Yeah, yeah. So, Go ahead, John. So yeah, so there there so there's this there's this constant investing, and I went nuts. I mean, I just was like buying a new camera every other year, or sometimes every year. And just because seeing the progression of how quickly, because that when that model came out, that next model, let's say, I think the the first actual point shoot I bought was the Olympus D six hundred, and that was really a a camera that had a funny shape to it. it had a the the lens was a long zoom lens. They were like a ten x or whatever it was in there, but it was molded into the casing, so it was this large bulbous kind of plastic casing. <laughs> yeah, right? and then they and then but then the next year they came out with the D six twenty. Well, of course you have to get that one, right? Because there was a definite marketed improvement in the quality. Yeah, at first it was leaps yeah. and bounds. Compared to today, model, you're like, yeah. what are you really giving me? You know, and right. and so and that's and they shot like you know they weren't doing like a video kind of mode yet or whatever you want to call it, but they were just doing it. But I'm telling you, you look at these images today. In fact. There's a site, an image I'm going to put on my website from a, uh, I got married in 98 and it's a funny thing that happened. I don't know if it happened to you guys when you got married, but when we got married in 98, all of a sudden everybody around us was getting married. <laughs> we're, we're, we were invited to more weddings for like two years straight, dude. We were at weddings all the time as a guest, yeah. right? Like, oh, my friend got married. She's getting married. We're like, out. My friend's getting married too. And so I was at this wedding in um, around May 2000 or summer 2000. And it was my wife's friend. And so we went to that and I had a digital with me and I'm taking these shots and Again, shooting the way I, I kind of always saw things, and that was to really watch people's body language and to pay attention to how they how they respond, how they're going to wave or or turn to someone to smile. I I could see that coming before they did it. I just saw the body language. Yeah, happen. yeah. I saw it happening. Like he's good. She's going to turn. Or and so I'm outside, and there's a shot that I'm actually going to put on my website now, just to show my my clients or my prospective clients who are looking to to me to say, hey. Here is um, oh here we go. Sorry about the volume, man. Um, but here we go. We got this this image that I took, and it's these wedding photographers that are you know did their pose thing, and they walk away. And then uh, when they walk as they're walking away, I took the shot, and it was this moment where the bride now saw and was able to react to her friends and family as she's coming out of the limousine. And it was one of those great moments, right? That's that you really want to get at a wedding. That just right. says it all oh, about yeah. who she really is and and her real identity and and how she really smiles. That's real and all. And so it was this comparison of the pose, which is nothing wrong with that, versus what I see. And it was done with this point and shoot that was one point four megapixel crude camera by today's standards, right? Sure. And yet. It, it's like it's something that was this powerful thing for me because it was here we are doing something with a new kind of medium, right? I didn't even see it as a technology thing. I thought digital was a new kind of a, a different medium that we could use. Sure. And so and so yeah. So that was that series of where you just I just was you know going through all the digitals. And when you have kids, you know, all of a sudden you've got a lot of reasons to shoot, right? Mm -hmm. And so digital was now my kids are all they grew up digital, literally, like they were born digital, right? They have right. all these images yeah. about them. And so and then all of a sudden. I realized I'm in love with weddings. I just, I just love the whole, um, the experience, but I love the connection that I have to, to it. And so, uh, in like 06, I just started to hang around wedding photographers up in New Jersey, New York area where I'm from. I kind of lived outside of maybe about 40 minutes outside of Manhattan. So I could, I could get involved with some of these, some of these people and associations in there. And, and by 07, I was like second shooting at some of these weddings. Mm -hmm. And so here I am digital, but shooting professional digital and shooting, you know, I just went from, I think, a rebel to a, yeah, I went from a digital rebel to a Canon 1D, 
you know, just just top of the line. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. Crazy this, jump. That's that's insanely a, that's expensive. A substantial jump. Yeah. Oh, I had this like bonus at, at this work at this company I worked for. I had like a seven thousand dollars bonus. I spent the whole thing on the one D on the one D <laughs> Mark II and and then the seventy two hundred lens. Right. And I'm like, that's it. That's all I get. You that's know? like going to a Ford Escort to a Ford GT. Yeah. Exactly. Just just completely jump. And I was enamored wow. of that thing. Right. Eight megapixel was shooting eight frames, eight and a half frames a second, and it was incredibly responsive because it was a sport machine. You know. Yeah. And I was suffering at that time because everybody else was shooting the five. D and some of the, you know, getting a, a nicer image. But for me, it was about, about getting, you know, getting that slice of, of that person and who they are, the, you know, being able to get in there and take that image of, take that shot right at the right moment. Mm-hmm. that really says, this is who she is. This is who he is. And so, um, and then, you know, so it's been this wonderful journey in, in digital and certainly doing it. And I still use digital in my business, but, but all of a sudden it came to a point where something happened. And for me, that made me want to go completely back to film because it, it's, there's something that happens when you lose your parents. It's a hard thing. Yeah. Right? It's, it's devastating. Right. For me, it was the worst thing that ever happened, but it became this point where I need a, a healing a bomb of some sort. Right. To say, what am I going to, how am I going to take this loss? Right. And what is it that's in me that wants to do it again? Right. To come back and go, what can I, and it was the, the film was already sitting in front of me. Right. It was this thing that I want to do. Yeah. Right. And it's like this, the, because it meant so much. Right. There's so much history and there's so much, you know, memory to it. But it was also that like I told you before, it was the experience of film. It was the experience of what we can say, we can call it was the experience of the slideshow or the, the ectochrome or the transparency or whatever it is. But no, it was the experience of what film does. And film is, a, film is an experience much more than digital is for me. It's this thing that you get to enjoy and it's, it's something that's beyond, you know, what we talk about where you could lose an image in digital very easily and film is very archival. But I argue that there is something even greater than that, that there is a, a real connection with film that for me was about this thing that, that was recorded and it's, 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 it incorporates so much about human emotion and feeling, but also about family, about relationships, about time. It's an amazing time machine. Um, but it's also this, this connection to the relationship that I had with my dad. We didn't really get along very well. We didn't have, uh, you know, it's a kind of contentious relationship over the years and we just weren't the same kind of people. We weren't like, uh, you know, just didn't get along in that regard. Mm-hmm. I love my dad, but, but we had this thing that we shared together that was film. And it yeah. was this thing about creating and he knew how to photograph. He always loved to, to fill the frame and he knew all these things that he wasn't trained in it, but he just intuitively knew it. He said, this just seems better to do it this way. And so all right. his images are wonderful. You go back and look at him. He's like, the guy just knows how to compose well and, and frame well and expose well. Cause with slide, you gotta be, you know, you gotta know what you're doing. You gotta be dead on right. and know your, and know your light. So he knew how to read all that. And so we, we never talked about that over the years. You know, he saw me, you know, in, in later years. And in fact, I was, I've done a number of uh, photographs of them and portraits of them. And, but there was never any kind of discussion about, about this thing we had in common. And I think just maybe because of the animosity we had, we never really sat down and talked about it, whatever it was. But when he, once he was gone, I realized this is, this is my one connection I have with him. Yeah. And yeah. Sure. Yeah. And so, and so that is really, now there's other reasons. Sure. Because film is so much fun and it's, it makes you stop and think you have to stop and think you have to slow down. You have to, and think about the zone system again, like what am I really wanting to create? Right. And so I'm going back and learning the zone system all over again. Actually, nice. I never really knew it <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to be honest with you, but now I have a real reason to know why, you know, and I'm so glad Alan Ross is still with us. Right. He's, he's just, uh, you know, worked with Ansel in, the, in his later, later days. And so, 
And he's continuing that tradition of teaching and continue to teach the zone system, even mm-hmm. in the digital world. Yeah. But certainly there's a whole new audience now, uh, a whole new group, a whole new community, right? That's, that's rising up, this resurgence that um, can learn the zone system too and, and benefit from it. But it's like, you know, this, uh, this experience of, of discovery is, is really actually surprised me. Mm. I didn't, I didn't expect this. I just, for me, like I said, it was just this emotional healing, this, this need for, for, to satisfy the loss, to try to connect with my dad, right? Yeah. That whole thing. And what, what do I got from this? It helped me move forward too. Cause it, you need to come out of grief. You need something that's going to help you like move forward. Cause you're going to end up stuck in it for your whole life. Right. Some people never get out of it. So I need something to pull me out of it too, to say, I got to have something that's constructive out of this because it's, it's just misery, right? Grief is really hard. And so you're like, okay, I got some of this thing that's going to help me go forward. But now you, all of a sudden you just, you take this journey step by step by step and say, wow, film has become this, this, this really wonderful thing I didn't ex- expect. And that there's so much more to it. So it went from just, let's say, you know, therapy, if you will, to a whole new experience uh, for me of like, I've got like, maybe I'm, in a roundabout way of saying it, I've got a, a new, a really good reason now to be in film compared to before. Yeah. Compared to what I would grew up with. Cause I grew up in it and it's, it was, there was nothing to compare it to. It was, was all you knew. That was, that was, well, there yeah, was all there was. That was, was how you, that was how you took pictures. Right. That was it. Yeah. There was no other medium really that, that could capture an image, right? Like that. Right. In, in the, in the, in the way that's practical, right? Where you got something in your hand and it's a device and you click, right. And you take the image you expose, but, but digital came along and now we have this thing where they're both, they're both different and they're, they're both unique. But now uh, my years in digital for me has helped me to, to really appreciate film, but it's, it's has, it provides a greater, a greater experience, but a greater desire and a greater wonder than digital ever did. Digital was really cool, right? When it came out, wow, this is really neat. It's, this is so convenient and wow, I can do things on a computer that are so much easier and faster than the dark room and all that. But analog, you know, I just did this film class, right? I just jumped into a film class recently and just like, gosh, in the dark room. And that's right. Oh my goodness. Right. Look at this. You throw it in the developer and bang, there it is, you know, and it's quite tedious, but you're like, I don't care. Oh yeah. I'm enjoying yeah. this. Yeah. yeah. It's the, the process is part of it. Yeah, right. for sure. And I never did that either. I wasn't in the dark room either. I never did dark room, you know, for any really something that I can really say I've spent all this time in the dark room. You know, I, my experiences in the dark room were very, very little very small, just dabbling and really standing over the shoulder of others and going, Oh, that's cool. Let me, let me, let me kind of do this, move the, move this from, from, you know, tray to tray and all that. But, but now it's been like, there's a, there's a, just a, a real reason to enjoy the whole process and to discover it again while having this connection to my dad. Yeah. Know? And so I'm hoping that we find that camera. My, my uh, sister, you know, her two sons had one of them, one of her, my, you know, nephews said that he saw it somewhere in a box and I'm like, well, please get it up here. <laughs> you know, that's cool. So, uh, yeah, so it's really, uh, you know, it's a long story. Uh, yeah, no, it's still, good. No, it's a good story. It's, it's really, it's really it. And, and so I'm really looking forward to, you know, we talk about ectochrome. Boy, am I looking forward to ectochrome coming out. Yeah. Because now I'm going to be taking those images. I'm going to be taking pictures now and we're going to find a Kodak carousel somewhere. <laughs> and we're going to set up the screen. And um, I know my kids, I've already mentioned, they, they're going to like, yeah, let's, let's do that. Right. Yeah. That's going to be, what's, what? Wow. That's going to be cool. And, and then just start it all over again, Yeah, you know, start the whole thing. And I'm creating a, a film is going to allow me to start creating new memories. And while well, my kids are still, you know, teenagers, but they're still young and an experience with them. 
Mm-hmm. You know, memories come out of whatever, right? But uh, the focus is going to be on the experience for them. That they're going to have this memory that, you know, someday I'm not going to be here. Right? I'll be gone. Mm-hmm. But they're going to remember back. and Because we don't know how long film is going to be around, right? Right? We could talk about that. Will it be around forever? Forever, right? Yeah, let's believe it. That's another hashtag, right? That's right. Film is forever. Oh, that's a hashtag of definitely. Oh, yes, for sure. Like, and long live film, keep film alive. I was kind of thinking about this too because, Bill, you just picked up a pack of uh, the uh, Fuji Acros in 4x5, which is being discontinued, you know, um, next week. Next week is is the official. So sad. And I don't know. It just kind of made me think about, like, so. FP100C is gone or been discontinued. You can still buy it. I If I'm doing an order from Simplicity B&H or Freestyle had a special on it, it's gone up in price a lot. But you can still get it, and it's relatively fr- fresh, but it's going to be gone soon. Right. Um, now you're saying, John, even though, like, is film going to be gone? I don't know. Um, but shoot it for as long as it's here. I, you know, I, I as think long ex- as there are photographers that want to shoot it, I mean, if – this, if I want to be realistic with all this, if there is this jump and surge in film and then everybody's like, oh, okay, great. I shot it. I'm going back to digital, which is very possible. Sure, sure. Sure. Uh, but as if there's going to be a smaller selection and stuff like that, I still think that there will be film available as just an alternate medium because, I mean, so the great thing that uh, the Brothers Wright said, not the... Right, brothers. I, I totally. <laughs> I had it. I had it right in my head, and then it came out backwards. Oh no, it was perfect, man. Because they yeah. were right there, just saying like, "No, we don't make planes. We just we just make bicycles." Yeah, just bicycles. <laughs> <laughs> They've but, probably had that happen to them before. Yeah, but I mean, what they said was it was very true. They said that um, as long as that there is people that want film, that they're gonna there are gonna be companies out there that are gonna still make it, and that film has kind of now returned back to a medium made for photographers. Yeah. Uh, where originally um, uh, it film was made for the consumer market, right? So they right. just made crummy film at really cheap prices and they pumped it out to the consumer and everything. And then now that those people have left those markets, now we are left with these limited selections that photographers can make artistic decisions on the medium that they're going to shoot on. Um, and, and, uh, the brothers, right. Touched on that very, very briefly in, in the recording, but that was one of those things that made me realize that film is going to last a lot longer at this point because we're now making a decision on what we want to shoot it on. And we all have our reasons. Like for oh, me, yeah. our, the, the, how archival it is, is one of the main reasons why I'm shooting the stuff that's important to me. Like I still shoot digital and I, I will still deliver digital to my clients and everything, but for my personal work that I want to make sure it has some kind of uh, longevity is going to be on film. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's my reasonings for it. Everybody has their own, but I, I do like having that artistic decision in every step of the process at this point from choosing the film that I want to what developer do I want to, to run it through? Some film, some developers are more contrasty than others. Some are sharper than others. You know, there, there's when it comes specifically to black and white color, sure, sure. color developers yeah. kind of universal sure, across that. Sure. But, yeah. yeah. But I mean, every single one has its own characteristics. Sorry, I gotta be in the know-it-all for a second. You know? Well, <laughs> even then like, you know, pH levels, yeah. right. Have can affect on 
any kind of negative, right? If the oh, pH absolutely. is too high or something along those lines, you can get really, really finicky at that point where you can say, oh, well, my, my uh, developer is too acidic. I need to dump this chemical or whatever. You know, just those people have that ability to control. Um, and I, I, I like that control through every step of the process. Sure, absolutely. So, uh, you know, it, there's some legitimacy to what, what John is saying here. So um, yeah. let me ask you this. Um, so you made your return. And uh, what camera did you get? Well, I uh, that was an interesting thing, too, for me, because I decided <laughs> if I'm going to go back, I'm going to do it right this time. I'm going to get the cameras I didn't get <laughs> that I couldn't afford or whatever. <laughs> and so I'm like, there's two I'm going to do. There's going to be a 35 millimeter and there's going to be a medium format. Yeah. The 35 millimeter is going to be the Canon 1D and whatever it is. Or so not 1D. Sorry. So it's the, that's a, that's a, that's a Freudian <sighs> slip. I've been, that's all right. Look, I'm, I'm in therapy no, coming out of you're, 18, well, years, I'm your mic now. 18 years of digital. <laughs> right. There's, this so is there's, a safe place. The Canon, the Canon 1N, right. Despite what Bill and, says, and this is a safe place. And I love, I've always wanted that. <laughs> okay. You guys, I've always wanted, this would be serious here. This yeah, is, yeah, this, yeah, I'm yeah. pouring my heart out. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me how you so really yeah, feel, John. I wanted, you knew, I, you knew what you were getting into, John. How long have you had these feelings? So yeah, so the the Canon One series, I wanted that thing, and so yeah. and now you can get online and go. My goodness, I can get this thing, and because there's just so much, so much out there still, right? That's, yeah, that's being sold, and so yeah, so that's what I got first, but only because, and then so that's that's what I've been starting to play with in 35 yeah. minutes because I figure I'm going to learn that, I'm going to mess with that first because that's what I'm familiar with. I mm-hmm. never shot medium format, but I'm telling you now. No, that's part one. Part two is going to go get that Hasselblad. Uh, I'm go. sorry, guys. I'm doing yeah. it. That may be one of those, oh, you cutie boy, you got to go get your Hasselblad. No, no dude, that's no a way, sweet machine man. to me. Sorry, I'm doing it. Go right? for it. No offense to anybody else. <laughs> you, know so you know what's so beautiful about this too? Now, we can talk gear and not get like, oh, can I, can I better? No, no, it's like, it's all cool. Right. Yeah, it's absolutely all cool. Absolutely. There's like what? Uh, that's a what is cameras that? That yeah, is a, what that's is awesome. that? Yeah. Oh, wait, that, that thing cool. was like made in Czechoslovakia I, for a week in what? 1935. Can I hold, can I have <laughs> hold that? You know, nobody does that in digital. I'm not gonna hold your Nikon. Yeah, <laughs> no. There's, there's something too about absolutely. it. Absolutely, no, you're lucky. We're still friends, right? Oh man, there's yeah. something. There's <laughs> something about this whole. Uh, but I don't that, know. That was the digital. Yeah, that, yeah. That, that whole like, are you Canon or a Nikon guy? I'm like, yeah, well, I mean, I'm digital. I have a Canon, but my mate, I shoot a. Pentax 645N and then Mamiya and this guy's kind of like go like Ooh, oh I'm what? sorry uh, he's one of those I don't know Pentax. you still can't be our what? friend huh you know there's <laughs> yeah. it, it's yeah. fun it's it actually fun. like to it's care fun. I care less about gear it doesn't matter yeah, yeah it doesn't I, matter really it really doesn't because yeah. for me again that's that's another part of the journey almost I almost like a part B but I wouldn't say it's like the second half but it's like it's not 50-50 but still it was this another reason to return was like man I want to go back and do it do it like I didn't yeah, do right. before, like the first time, right? Yeah. So I'm get, I'm actually getting able to relive those, uh, re, you know, relive it, go back to when I was young, if you will, and 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 now shoot with what I I've always wanted to have, and for I can't figure out why I never did this, you know, but you just yeah, I man. just never did, and so, um, but again, film was uh, for me shooting film was a very different reason I shot as like I guess a consumer, right? But mm-hmm. but shooting just whatever because like I said, there was no other. There's no way to really separate that. Like now you can, but back then you just film was what you did, right? That's how you took images, right? That's how you captured it. Right. That's how you captured life. That's it. So uh, there was no real reason for me to go to 
any kind of professional thing because I didn't I didn't have that connection to it then. If I did, yeah, I probably would have jumped into weddings at that point. If right. I knew. Yeah. But uh, and I was around it. I was I was when I was in college. I was actually working my way through college, and so I worked at a, at a nice um, Hyatt hotel, a nice luxury hotel in Princeton area where I grew up in. So very nice uh, four star. I wouldn't say five star, but nice four star hotel. And so a nice client market and and watching the wedding shooters shoot and they're shooting with those Aussies, right? They're shooting with those Aussies. Mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, that's great. Um, but nobody was shooting the way I, I envisioned shooting then. I guess, I don't know if you could, could have done it. Maybe you could, I don't know, but they were all shooting in a different, different, a very traditional style, which was very common then. It was, everything was very posed. And, oh yeah. And, that's and, right. And, and my parents' wedding photos in the seventies, you know, just and, totally like that, you know? Yeah. Totally yeah. like that. So, so, and yeah, my wedding was like that. We had a guy shooting with a, you know, with a medium format and it was a Mamaya six, four five, so six, whatever it is. And so he's shooting with this, this, you know, same camera and the same style and, but um, but it's this nice return. So that's yeah. Those are the those are that's what I'm looking forward to. So I haven't gotten the Hazi yet, but I'm definitely gonna definitely gonna do <laughs> hey, that. There you so, go, I mean, man. I got I got like three teenagers. Right, I just took my daughter yesterday to her first college. She's gonna be checking out. Oh, I got like oh great. Now where happens to get my film camera? I never. That's you know, all going to college tuition. <laughs> you better get the Hope program, or I'll kill you. <laughs> so yeah. So but it's it's a thing where I'm literally just uh, th- that is a is is like a you know I'm not gonna say bucket list because. You know, I plan to live to be a hundred, but still it's this thing about, Hey, look, you know, yeah. uh, I'm going to do this. And I tell you also, it's no joke though. It really, what I just said is that, you know, this whole thing is, I think very powerful for people my age group. And I was saying, it's like, are we going to get young again? But it is, it has done such, such a powerful thing for me to feel young. And not only don't feel young, but it is amazing hmm. what that does because, you know, photography is involves journey. It involves time, especially preserving time. And it, it's it's a powerful tool that can do so much more than just capture an image. It captures these things that are important to human beings as as we life moves on, you know. And there's so much in life that are involved sacrifice, right? Sure. So we can't do it all, and and we some things we lose, and and time itself won't stop, you know. Yeah. And relationships sometimes can be can can you know struggle or or just you lose the relationship you don't i'm trying to you know i'm thinking about my daughter now go off to college i'm like my gosh i gotta you know kind of hang out with her more before she's off to college you know those are all things that are that i think are really really important and then you know we're lucky you all of us that we're photographers that we get to do this not just for our own families but for other people oh absolutely yeah. we have a we have a great profession we're in Oh, it's, we really absolutely. do. It's one of the best jobs in the world. I it, really, it, it, really, you really is. see what you do, yeah. right? I mean, look, even the guys that go out and pose, you're still doing something. But even especially for, I'm going to maybe shamelessly plug myself, but I love that fact that I can, what I call a non-interference standard, where I, I have these rules that I don't break. There's these set of guidelines where I will not interfere. I'll use this ability that I have which is very sensory to, to watch you and, and follow you. And it's more than photojournalism. It's this thing of, again, like I said, watching body language and watching how, and, and being able to feel where people are going to turn and move and, and then get their shots. So, um, you know, but film is this, is this nice addition to my, my digital life, right? I yeah, have digital yeah. with me still and I, I still use it, but film is amazing and I'm having so much fun with it and it's opening up more than I ever thought that I've just, could ever imagine. And I've only been in it now, what, maybe not even a year, right? Six months, I think, if I could really count it, where I decided I'm just going to go back into it. So, um, yeah, having a lot of fun with it. Having a lot of fun. So that's fantastic, John. Well, um, I think we're, uh, 
we're getting ready to wrap things up here this week. But thank yeah. you so much for sharing your story. Yeah. Kind of yeah. going yeah. I, I, there's a lot yeah. of stuff I didn't know about, so I feel like I know you better now, John. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. it is. No, man. Cool. No, that's cool. I, I just jumped in here. You guys have been like that for. Like, it seems like you've been at this for years. You know, oh, like, it, it feels like it sometimes, man. For you know, for as long as I've been shooting, it's not even barely a footnote. So it's just been this thing that's easy to do because again, it's just over the years, but. That's, uh, I'm, I'm hoping other people, you know, we see these maps and, and all these things that, that like this guy was telling you about that I want to, we got to talk to this guy. His name is Juho from Finland and he put this thing on Reddit. It was just, he interviewed all these people to try to see who's doing what in what country and where, where's all this analog going and what mm-hmm. are people doing in film. And, and he says this interesting, you know, look at what, what's happening, you know, and what the age groups are. And it's this, he sees it's 21 to 45 for the most part, but you know, I tell you more people, my age should go back into film because I think that they probably would probably have the same experience I did in some way, especially if their parents shot slide. You you were just, Bill, you were talking about before. We just kind of threw it out there. Is is film going to be around forever? I will say that I think that just because of the, the, the slideshow experience and, and the power of slides now, sure. You can take a digital, you know, projector and shoot digital images up on a wall, but that's not the same. There is indeed a different, experience and a different feeling and a different, really in a different atmosphere. When you're sitting with your family, they know it's slides because they can take yeah. them out and look at them. Right. Yeah. But you put it in the projector, you have to do this, you have to set it up and you click it and it makes that noise as it goes <laughs> in. Right. Right. And it's this one shot at a time and you get to, to, to pause, but of course it has that look too. Yeah. There's a distinct look. And that's why I'm so excited about Ectochrome coming back because I think that is something that if more people, young people, experience the slideshow. Oh, man. Like, yeah. I love that Mad Men episode where they talk about the wheel. Yes. The engineers yes, didn't get we it. Totally. Right? We talked about it's, that. Yeah. It, if that's the only episode you ever watch oh, of man. Mad Men, you can find fine. That. Yeah. You're, you're fine. Make yeah. sure you have, like, you know, Just have, watch a, it. have a handkerchief ready. You're going to yeah. get, it's going to get you right in the heartstrings, man. <laughs> it's so good. Whoever wrote that specific like scene is just yeah Yeah. hits you right in the fields right in the fields man it kills it and it's so good and it sums up so much of what actually matters about photography too right and what it is about humanity right because he he, he could see it that's the brilliance of it right he could see it and you're like this guy just gets it you know he understands it because he was trained by a guy teddy right that he mentions who got it right right and he but also of course there's some backstory to that that he's you know these guys in that workforce and that work Mm -hmm. field at that time were very unfaithful, all the stuff that was going on at that, in right. that culture at the day. And, and here he is, he's talking really about himself as he's flipping through and, and as it goes around and around and around. Yeah. But I tell you, it's, it's really, um, it's really true. There is something very distinctive, I think for me, but I think I would like to see that as a great experiment to see a lot of young people that are all these people that are involved in this resurgence to, uh, when Ectochrome does come out, I want to, I want to see people shoot that and experience a slideshow. Now that said, I'm going to grab a, Kodak carousel now before the prices go up because <laughs> yeah, that does go. happen. Oh my gosh, right? Yep. But if that's a if that's something they could return with extra coming, it makes sense, right? I mean, Kodak's making a film camera, then why why not re- bring the slide projector back? Yeah. But I tell you, there is something distinct about that experience. It's it's really unique. That's why we still want to see films on the big screen. That's why. Oh yeah. Kodak yeah. up there, they they in their Eastman Museum, they show old nitrate films, right? Which are, yeah, I'd love they, to get up and, and see those see, yeah, early cinema. And there's something about it. Why we still love hearing and seeing and watching uh, the the golden era of Hollywood, the black and whites, right? Of all right. those great films, and why they want to preserve them because there's a distinct look. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool, man. Yeah. Well, we're gonna uh, shift gears up, man. Uh, 
we're going to have you come back a lot more. I mean, there's, we have so much to, I mean, what you've covered is just barely the tip of the iceberg. I mean, I, I'd like to come back and have another episode on inviting the older generation to come back and shoot. Um, because just about every single conversation I've had with somebody that was a professional working professional, uh, in film said, Oh, I'll never go back to that. You know, they just, the, you know, they're thinking of it in the stance of a professional where it's like my workflow because of digital, uh, has completely changed and I would never, it would never make sense for me to go back to film. So th- I think that we should, we should touch on that on, mm-hmm. on, on later episodes. Cause it, it's a very valid, uh, yeah. uh, conversation to have. Yeah. So, yeah. but, uh, we're going to wrap it up. We do have, um, one last announcement. Uh, oh, what's that bill? <laughs> well, uh, it seems like people like film giveaways. People like giveaways of film a lot. Yes. Oh, man, do I like film giveaways. Like, <laughs> remember how we all yeah. reacted it when Kodak did the thing in Nashville. Right? Oh, yeah. Oh, say, they gosh. gave us bags of delicious film. Oh, man. And then when they oh. gave us two more bags, bags to give of... away yep. to uh, to a whole bunch of people uh, on the Instagrams, a lot of people were... Um, uh, excited when uh, Kodak said, hey, we have two bags of film to give away. Uh, those winners um, uh, have received them. Uh, uh, they are incredibly grateful for it. Uh, they are. Um, we're going to get them on the show. Um, we're going to do an interview uh, with them just to talk about oh, cool. what they've shot uh, with that film that they got from Kodak Professional. Well, that's so, a cool idea. Yeah, yeah. so um, that will be coming down the line hopefully in the next episode or two. Um, but uh, because that and the giveaway with Sinistil uh, uh, was so successful, I said, you know what? This was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed giving away the film or at least um, – collaborating with Kodak and Sinistil that I was like, you know, I really want to do this uh, myself. So um, every month we are going to give away a pro pack of film and um, I'll, whoever the winner is, you know, I'll give you a list and I'll let you pick out whether it's going to be 35 millimeter or 120. Um, and uh, it will be a pro pack for those that don't know is five rolls of film. So um, if you want to go with, a pro pack of 400 or if you want to go with a roll of 400 and 160 or whatever um you know that's perfectly fine so but we'll we'll you know i'll be in touch with the winners on that so every month we will do a uh i don't want to say a contest it's a giveaway um but it does require some participation on y'all's end uh y'all i did it again y'all uh you we live in atlanta bill you can say y'all i know i know um (laughs) We are going to uh, use our hashtag, hashtag shoot some film, dang it. Um, and we're going to do themed contests. And um, the winner will be selected uh, at random. So the there's no competition. There's no judging that takes place or anything like that. Everybody has a fair shot um, at this uh, giveaway. And... Um, uh, but you have to participate within the theme. So uh, this upcoming theme uh, will be high contrast. Uh, it can be in color. It can be in black and white, whatever you find interesting. Um, you know, if you want to do it on tintypes, uh, by all means. Go for it. Yeah, but... It's not technically film, but, you know, whatever. That's fine. I'm not going to get into technicalities there. But um, uh, it is um, going to be 
judge based on the submission time. So you can't go back to an image that you've previously previously posted and put the hashtag into it because it will push it all the way back to whenever that date sure. it was posted. So, so it, it doesn't have to be a brand new image, correct. but it has to be one that you're just posting recently. Just posting. And so the the time period will be from this recording on all the way to um, when we record the next episode. So um, that's usually uh, a week and a half um, and uh, high contrast images. Uh, if you want to go out and shoot, by all means, please do so. Uh, we love seeing fresh content, um, especially when uh, films being used. Um, but if you've already uh, shot something that's on high contrast and you're really proud of that image and you want to share it, scan it in and you know upload it. You know we want want to see it. So we'll talk about it on the show, the ones that we really liked. But every single person will have a fair shot at winning a pro pack of film, and so we'll randomly pick out a winner. Uh, that use that that uses that hashtag within the time period. So uh, best of luck to you guys out there. And uh, we're really excited to share that out with you guys. Yeah. So, so awesome. I think that's it for tonight. I'm going to go home and uh, watch some more Olympics. See if I can yeah. stay up for that USA Canada hockey game. All right. Well, uh, everybody, thanks again. We'll see you on the next episode and shoot some film. Dang it. Dang it.